You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig, I'm the host of the podcast and I'm joined by Chris and Greg this evening. Hello guys. Hello. Alright, the penultimate podcast. Alright. Season this season two. anyway. <laughs> right. Does that mean next week we need to leave a cliffhanger? Of course, of course. Greg's in charge of that one. Who shot? Who shot Jaya? That's it. I last week, Greg, you maybe heard that I was drinking one of your homebrew. I did have heard that rumor. How did it work out? It was good. It was tasty. Mm-hmm. I've kept the second bottle for this week. Oh, good man. So I'm drinking Live that tasty. Now. Live feedback. My feedback. See, last week it was a lager, mm-hmm. and what did you call it, the other one? This week's this week uh, it's a whey. It's an English ale. Um, it's been dry hopped with some East Kent Goldings hops as well. It's good. It's a wee bit stronger. A wee bit extra uh, sugar added to it, so the alcohol content should be up a wee bit, oh, bit yeah. more of a mouthfeel to it as well. A wee bit more hoppy, bit, bit more bitter in the lager. Yeah, uh, it's good. It's good so far. And I I wanted to mention something to HMRC that (laughs) Greg isn't just your usual homebrewer because he actually puts proper lids on the bottles so I think he's got a commercial operation on the go. It's home use only, uh, Governor. (laughs) Home use only. And trust me, I've got about 60 bottles in the garage so there might be some more coming your way. It's a lot of home use. (laughs) (laughs) Aye, so £2 a bottle, just the same as last time, aye? Just the same as last time, mate. <laughs> Mind and return the bottle, though, you get £50 off. Oh, do I need to return the lid as well? Nah, you keep the lid, that's yours. <laughs> that's safe. Collectibles. Yes. You're going to start putting like, uh, lovely ladies on it, like the tenants' ladies? Aye, people are asking me that. Where's the, where's the labels for them? Nah, I've not quite got into that yet, but maybe next time around, I'll, uh, I'll stick, some, uh, stick some labels on it, yep. So how do you get the bottle top on? You got a wee machine? A bottle topper, funnily enough. <laughs> That's told me. <laughs> Google it, my man. I will do. I will, I will give it a wee look. Mm-hmm. Right, Dead the podcast. Easy. Back to the, the podcast and the football. Sponsored by Grumpy Greg's Ale. Aye. Get that plug in there. Aye. Delicious. <laughs> it's good to know that name stuck. I like that, Chris. I think that might be a, a feature. <laughs> But I can't give you any percentage if it is, obviously. I'm copywriting it. <laughs> oh, it was Chris that said it first. No, I so he owns it. Co- right. it. You, you can have the name. I'm, I'm quite happy if you have the name. He's a good lad. <laughs> yeah, that. Wait, wait a minute. It's on the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Maybe I own it. You wouldn't be able to claim, <laughs> claim any intellectual rights to that. No chance. You wouldn't stand up and court. Save yourself the money. I've got the domain name as well, just before you try and snaffle that or not. <laughs> Right, for the last time this season, Chris is going to give us his SPL review. I'm going to discuss the SFL a little bit, because we had playoffs. Then the charity bet, probably the last one of the season, because I can't see us doing one next week. <laughs> there's no games. Plus there's international games. But, uh, we could bet Scotland, getting beat. <laughs> and then we'll discuss the Scottish Cup. So Chris, you want to give us your, your final SPL review of this season? Uh, I didn't realise this was the last one. I should have thought of it. I'm no, not doing one next week. Brilliant. So, for the final time, we'll go back to Wednesday night when we had the rescheduled match between Kawarnock and Hibernian at Rugby Park. 
And uh, Hibs took the lead after just 10 minutes through Scott Robertson's close-range effort before Kamarnock paid them back just short of the hour mark through Lee Ashcroft. So that was a game back to where it was when it got called off the first time. However, two late goals from Owen Doyle sealed the win for the cup finalists and moved them up to seventh, a point ahead of Dundee United in sixth. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great and split that, isn't it? Uh, anyway, we'll move on to Saturday's games. and It was the final games in the bottom six. And we'll start off at Pataudry, where Hearts were visitors. And despite my boring 0-0 draw prediction last week, this was actually quite a decent game. With chances for both sides before Ryan Stevenson headed Hearts in front just after the hour mark. Jamie McDonald was arguably the busier of the two keepers, but Jamie Langfield was a harder spectator. Nevertheless, Aberdeen did get an equaliser with 12 minutes remaining when Johnny Hayes Cross was bundled over the line by Hearts defender Jamie Hamill. But unfortunately, as you couldn't just leave it, that's, that's the breaks. Bad luck, I suppose, for Hearts, really, which sums up their season. So that meant Aberdeen finished 8th with 48 points, while Hearts finished 10th with 44, and were later buoyed by the news on Monday that the SPL didn't regard UBIG's talk of insolvency to be an actual insolvency event, so that means no points deduction, and it'll still be in the SPL next season, at least in theory. We'll see what the summer has in store for them. Meanwhile, Easter Road, Hibs were continuing their well-timed run of form ahead of the, this weekend's showpiece final. So with Hearts beating in the derby and a win over Commander at mid-meek, they've now added Dundee to the run, although it was hard going to get there. It took until just 11 minutes before time for David Wotherspoon's header to find the back of the net and deny the relegated visitors in at the end of their all-too-brief stay in the top flight. So Dundee finished with 30 points, and that's a lot better than it could have been at one point, but still 11 points from safety. Well, Hibernian probably should have been in the top half, but finished 7th, which isn't too bad in the end. And of course, their day may still come. And finally, the bottom six come on at hosted St Mirren, and have missed out in the top six in the final day before the split. Kelly have rather fallen away. St Mirren haven't exactly been great either, but in a season where they have silverware, I'm sure they won't mind finishing 11th. They even managed to sign off with a win when John McGinn opened the scoring after 20 minutes with his first goal for the club. Chris Boyd levels five minutes later. But with 15 minutes to go, Willie Collin pointed to the spot as Lee Ashcroft brought down debut boy Anton Brady. Paul McGowan made no mistake from the resulting penalty. Connor Newton then finished the game off with two minutes to go with a nice weaving running shot. So like I said, the League Cup winners St Murren finished in 11th. Well, come on, look, it's a disappointing eights. Eights? Didn't say Aberdeen were eights. My notes may be wrong. Maybe they're nines. Kilmarnock's <laughs> nines. Yeah, they're nines. Typo. 45 yeah. points, Aberdeen's in 48 and 8th, and then Hibs in 7th, which you said. Yep, right, I should chuck this, you know. <laughs> it's the last one, Chris. It's the last one, it's fine. We'll move on to the top six. We'll go to Sunday's games. Where, uh, we'll start off with the meaningless one at Tannadice. Champion Celtic were looking to end their run of six away matches without a win, while United were looking for revenge after their narrow extra time defeat in the Scottish Cup semi final. But like Hibs, Celtic have a cup final to prepare for and followed up last week's 4 0 win against St Johnson with exactly the same scoreline. Indeed, they were 3 0 up after the half hour mark thanks to a free kick goal from Chris Commons, a deflected open effort from George's Samaras, and then those two combined to get Samaras the third goal and his second as he headed into the net. It might have meant nothing, but the visiting fans were in fine voice throughout. Dundee United did manage to get a few efforts on target, but the first was pulling off some fantastic saves. There was also two offside goals for Celtic, but Sportsman didn't bother showing any of them. I can hardly talk about them. Anyway, it all ended with another deflected effort from Manny Stokes five minutes from time, and that saw Celtic finally end that disappointing run and enter a cup final week on a high. And Dundee United, they finished sixth, which is probably still better than it looked for quite a long while in the SPL season, but I'm sure they'll be hoping for better under Jackie McNamara next season. But never mind the pointless game. We'll move on to the ones that actually mattered, the race for third place in that final position in Europe. So we'll start off with the Highland Derby, where all Inverness had to do was match St Johnson's result, and third place would be theirs. But then, when you've got to play your Highland rivals, that's easier said than done. 
Ross County hadn't beaten Inverness in five previous derbies this season, no. But uh, Andre Hainhout. Hain, Hainhout? What's that guy's name? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I stupidly just wrote it down how you spell it, and I shouldn't have done that. I should have done it phonetically. So I'm no, I'm no help here. Hainhout, Hainhout. Andre's terrific volley. Ended that statistic a minute before half time. But I'm okay. Almost leveled the game while Ian Vigers did hit the post late on. But that single goal meant that Inverness had to wait and hear what the news from Perth was and hope. Well, Ross County ended in fifth place, just a point behind their neighbours. But were their neighbours third or fourth? So that moves us on to St Johnson against Motherwell. And uh, St Johnson knew that even a win might not be enough against a side that had been in pretty decent form of late and had already secured second place. But, uh, unsurprisingly, it was St Johnson with the better of the two teams, perhaps, with Chris Miller coming close to opening the scoring when he hit the post. But it was Liam Craig's 25-yard effort that did just that after the half-hour mark. And, of course, the half-time news coming through for Inverness meant that uh, they were probably buoyed. And just two minutes after the restart, Nigel Hasselbanks turned the shot, doubled the Saints lead. So despite whinging about losing Fraser Wright by uh, trial by sports scene, Steve Lomas's side managed to get the three points and the clean sheet after all. And with Inverness slipping up, that means they've pipped them for the final Europa League spot in St Johnson's joint best ever top flight finish. Mother will finish second, of course, seven clear at St Johnson and just a 16 behind Celtic. So for all of you, all of you out there that thought it was going to be a record-breaking season for Celtic, you were wrong, because the Rangers still hold the biggest winning margin of 21 set in 1999-2000. And that is us for the SPL for this season. Well, it is a record-breaking score for Celtic, because I'm sure it's the worst in the SPL. Uh, yes, I think you're right. There's, awesome. a, there's a list of tables on SFF. There's a 77 point that Rangers got when it was 36 games. And Aye. 79, so technically it's two more. But then there's two games more. So Yeah. It's a, it's a debatable one. You could, uh, you could certainly make a, a good case for it being the lowest points uh, total. But then maybe that's because the SPL's been quite exciting this year. And teams haven't been scared to go to at Celtic. I mean, there's certainly been a few teams that won at Celtic part this season. Kamarnock's 50-odd year run came to an end finally. Mm-hmm. Inverness get their first SPL win at Celtic Park last season. And obviously there was that run of six games where Celtic couldn't run away from home until yesterday. So I, I, I would argue it's been quite an entertaining season. Teams have been given what they can against Celtic. So it's all very good and well saying Celtic didn't play their best, but the other teams still got to rise to the occasion. Well, I enjoyed it overall. The season I liked that Ross County and Inverness were punching above their weight. Even St Johnson. I know they were in, in Europe previously, but it's good to see them come back. I'm sure that they were... I was watching the highlights on YouTube and they said that the last time they were third was way back in October. So that's a good way to fight back. Aye, not a bad way to finish it. You're going to be third, may as well be after game 38. Yep. Aye, and others like Hibs as well. That was interesting to see them looking like they were going to be challenging at the top and then go in that crazy run, a, a winless run, really. I was going to say defeats, but they had a couple of draws in there. Yeah, I mean, I would say Habs are probably disappointed they didn't make the top six, but having said that, they're probably hitting their form just at the right time with the Scottish Cup final to come. Yeah. And ultimately, if they finish seventh, but finally end the 111-year hoodoo they've got in the Scottish Cup, then I don't think they'll really mind about the seventh. Yeah, there's talk of Griffiths going back to Wolves. They've extended his contract for a year, but Griffiths is talking about that he hopes that Hibs buy him. I don't know if they're going to have the money to do that now that he's been taken on for another year. I can't see him being loaned out again. Why would you extend your, his contract if you just want to loan him again? Yeah, Hibs would, would need to stump up some cash for him, I think, if they're serious about keeping him there. But 
I don't know. Nobody's really paying transfer fees these days, so it seems that seems unlikely. Yeah, I didn't watch sports scene, Chris, so I didn't I didn't see the that they'd missed the two offside goals for Celtic because they didn't have it on YouTube, but then YouTube is a condensed highlights yeah. package. No, it was. I mean, there was one point in the first half that Samaras was through on goal and took a nice touch. So quite a long ball. So if he was onside, I'm not surprised the linesman didn't catch it because that gets caught out a lot. Yeah. Um. So it was the other end of the stadium for me. So I, I genuinely don't know. I was hoping to see the highlights, and obviously it wasn't there. Uh, the other one, Samaras managed to work his way into the box and fired a shot across the face of goal, which Gary Hooper tapped in, and the flag went up for Gary Hooper. That might have been right, but again, I don't. I don't know the right angle to tell. But once again, sportsing didn't show up, so you can see, obviously, yeah, offside goals aren't <laughs> worthy enough to be in the highlights. I wonder if they get to choose or whether the SPL just supplies them with highlights. Like, um, because there's STV, <gasps> YouTube, the BBC. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they all get to pick and choose from the full 90 minutes. Well, I thought they would, but they all seem to have pretty much the same highlights. So From what I've seen, yeah. Well, the online, check- definitely. Yeah, I've not checked the YouTube one to see if the, the offside goals are in those highlights. But, so, I mean, sometimes YouTube's got a, it's got a game of the weekend, which tends to have about eight minutes of highlights instead of the, the standard five that you get in BBC. Yeah, I quite like yeah. the YouTube, apart from the, the wee in-video in adverts that you get. that seems to be placed there by the SPL. You have yeah. to close three things <laughs> to get a clean video to watch. Oh, it's all about the money revenue, isn't it? Aye, aye, it's... It's not good. I don't really like it. Although they do have like a non-game highlights, if you like. Uh, for example, they had uh, the Hearts players celebrating after the, their game uh, and a bit of a goodbye to their fans. They had that as a wee added extra. It was a bit homoerotic, but it was it was still all right <laughs> to, to see that moment. Well, I worried in their production. Oh, he would have loved it. <laughs> but that kind of thing's nice. Something away from the actual football game. Did you see him tweeting about his boyfriend again yesterday? Because it was a year to the day. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. I did. I remember I went to see. Uh, I went on a tour of Hamden, and I seen the bit that he stood on, and it's it's quite a narrow ledge. And he's uh, brave. Yeah. It's polished wood, and well, I wouldn't stand on there with studs. Laurie said he was in his socks, but even then, that's slippy. I wouldn't be standing up there. Sorry, I should be laughing at the polished wood comment. <laughs> Too many jokes. Anyway, aye, it's uh, it's the wig he makes up. He's standing there with a cup and the wig on. Yeah, but, aye, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure I would rather put that behind them, especially with a, another chance to win the cup this weekend. That's perfect way to end of the season. Scottish cup and hopefully good weather. It's good weather today. Aye, that was but useless. Government it's Monday. Yes, <laughs> we were sitting at work. Where was it yesterday when I was looking for a nice end of the season feel? It's sunny, not have to wear a jacket to the football. No, didn't get that. Still had a jacket on yesterday. So when I was watching the highlights, I was uh, in the Hibs Dundee game, I was thinking about Harkins. And I'm thinking about, I wanted to mention that he's too good for the first division, but I know I know that there's not many fans out there of him, but do you think he'll stick it out at Dundee? <laughs> yeah, I, I, the impression I get is he's a Dundee fan, but he's also one of these people that, wants to make sure he plays at as high a level as possible for as long as possible so it might it depends who comes in from if anybody because he did only sign in January didn't he yeah and he paid money for him as well mm-hmm. it's a hundred grand it's a good buy I mean uh, he certainly was pivotal in the, the almost comeback that they had 
I mean, I know they finished 11 points behind, but there was a, a wee time there we were thinking maybe they could just pull it off. Yeah. And certainly any, anything good was coming for him, and he was the one that um, denied Kilmarnock of all teams the, the top six spot. It reminds me a lot good. of Zidane, but I think it's just an haircut. That might be the only time he's compared to Zidane. <laughs> I probably, yeah. Hi, so Inverness, it must be guide that they missed out on the last day. All they had to do, sounds so simple, but all they had to do was win. Yeah, but it was win against their rivals. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure everybody in Dingwall, after that game, is absolutely delighted to have denied them that, because it's just that wee thing they can hold against them. And they'll carry it into next season, because obviously the two of them are in the SPL again next season. And I, I've said it several times in this podcast, they're a, they're a very welcome addition to the SPL. And the, the setup they've got up in, in, in Dingwall especially is a, a fabulous wee stadium, apart for the pitch. They're going to sell that in the summer, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, something like 400 grand to fix. Aye, Seems like a lot. I'm thinking. I think the, the, the disappointing thing is that neither Ross County or Inverness are going to be in Europe next season, but they were both top six, and neither of them have ever been top six. Ross County were only just up this season. so. Uh, but the other thing for me, for the Ross County Inverness games have been absolutely brilliant value for money. I mean, Especially the one, cup game. The cup game is phenomenal. Yeah. But you compare that with the, the Edinburgh derbies that we've had this season, and that just bored everybody to tears. I think the, the, the two one there last week was what the biggest amount of goals they had in any of the Edinburgh derbies. Yeah. Because the other ones were like 0 0, 1 0. I think Ross County Inverness yesterday was 1 0, but I mean, it was a, Paul McKay had a chance, it was a chance that Ian Vigers had the post. It was just a, a, the, the goal itself was a cracking finish. So yeah, I with St Johnston Europe. I'm need to speak to my mates see if I could go and see them again because I quite enjoyed myself. And the summer just passed where was good weather, good warm evening, and St right. Johnston came close. So it's good. I like going to football as a neutral, and you can just enjoy the football and, and not really get carried away with the, the bias. So anything else you want to say about the SPL the weekend there? <laughs> I'll tell you that as I know that. Nah, I just, I, I, I don't know. I was up in Perth yesterday and um, I, fair play to St Johnson, they, they deserve to win, but that pitch up there is a disgrace as well. I, don't, I think they were at it this week. It looks as though they had uh, they'd been letting the cows graze on it during the week because they certainly hadn't cut the grass and they hadn't rolled it. And it was, it looked like, it looked like a, a council park. Every time the ball rolled more than six yards, it just bubbled up in the air, which I don't think helped us yesterday, but we uh, we were appalling. So, yeah, I feel plates at Johnston. They, they deserved their winning. Um, good luck to them in Europe again. It was a good good crowd up there yesterday as well. It was a five and a half, six thousand, I think. Which, Did you run on um, the pitch at the end, Craig? Ah, I can't be bothered, Craig. I don't. I can't go over that wall at the front these days. I need to get somebody to give me a boost, and then I just need to run all the way back. So, nah, I just. I stayed in this. I stayed in the stand last time around, but um, ah, it was it was um, it was a nice way to end the season with the uh, with a decent away support up there too. But unfortunately, they didn't open the away stand in Perth, so the away support was split between the main stand and well, we ended up in the in the family section of the home end, which was <laughs> which was an in, which was an interesting choice for the uh, the police to put us, but that's where we were anyway. So. Aye, it's been a long season. I've got to be honest, it's been a good one. But pulling away from Perth yesterday, I was uh, I was quite looking forward to a couple of months off. To be honest, uh, some, yeah, some I think you've been, 
I'm, I'm guessing you'll be supporting Celtic in the cup final then, because then you get an extra couple of weeks for the, the European campaign. Do you know what? I'm not, uh, there's been a big debate about this. And, uh, you're right, the uh, sensible thing would be to uh, would be a Celtic win and begin at a later stage, but the other side of that is if we, if we get into the earlier round, then there's maybe a chance you get a couple of ties out of it. Um, but it uh, has to take, yeah, yeah. but because in, in the past we've come out in the earlier rounds, we've generally done all right. Um, and you sometimes get a, a, a sort of um, a beatable team in the first game and then a sort of bigger team in the second. So I'm uh, not really that first, to be honest. Because looking, I mean, it's the usual thing as you qualify, everybody's on the website, it's looking at the teams you could get and summon. I mean, it's a right mixed bag, it really is, uh, with that with that um, qualifying round. So I don't know. I can't, I, I, do you know what? It's the, I can't even get that excited about Europe anymore. It's boring. Mother was five out of six seasons we've been in. It's just past the these days. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just an inconvenience these days because we, well, you look at us this year, we get cuffed, royally cuffed twice. Ah, the draw yeah. didn't do you any good though. Was it, it Panathinaikos and Levante or something? Levante, aye. Oh, didn't, didn't score a goal yeah. in four ties. <laughs> it's just I mean, like that's that's two really good teams though. I mean that's uh, like, Spanish League's probably one of the strongest in Europe, I think. And yeah. Panathinaikos are a big name in Europe these days. Yeah, it was. It was a big ask, but aye, aye, aye. Good luck, good luck to St Johnston. I hope they get a, a decent draw. Well, hopefully, I mean, that, that was obviously one of the issues St. Johnson had this season was because of the, the Rangers situation. They didn't know they were going to be in Europe until a bit later than everybody else. So that, at least this time they can celebrate the fact they're definitely in Europe. Aye. It was interesting. I was listening to the, the St. Johnson chairman on the radio yesterday after the game and he was, he was not complaining, but he was kind of saying, you know, people people look at European qualification and think it's some sort of money spinner. He was saying you know, last season they, they got about 90 grand um, over the two ties and it cost them 110 for the plane. So they were done twenty grand, and the whole deal. He's saying, you know, it's only any good if you do actually progress yeah, through a yeah. couple of rounds and, and get a bigger side. So um, I think it's a kind of double-edged sword for teams sometimes. Europa League. Stuart McCall was saying similar. He mm. didn't he didn't actually give figures, but he was saying that how expensive it is really to mm. to fly the. It's not just the team. You've got the, the staff as well. Aye, you? It's not just 11 players in the park. <laughs> it's not just the players, it's a junket they've had as well. Yeah. Aye, there's a whole lot of hangers on appear on the buy. You need to hire a plane, which I'd imagine costs you a couple of bob. And, uh, I know in the past they've, they've sold sort of spaces in the plane to supporters as well to try and balance the books a wee bit, but unless you're getting like a big team and some TV money, it's not really it's not really the money spinner everybody thinks it is. Yeah, if you get lucky like Hearts, mm. yes. Tottenham, yes. then you're getting... Uh, £40 a ticket, was it? It was something dear like that. Something like that. Well, I, I think for Motherwell's European games, it was 35 a ticket. So, was yeah, it? I'd imagine, yep. It's that long I'd since I've been in Europe. 40. I know. Uh, it was probably seven quid just... the last time you were in Europe. Aye. <laughs> well, St, I was there with St. Johnson, but I don't know how much they were charging. Aye, it'd be a freebie if you were there with St. Johnson. I know what you're like. <laughs> well, it was a free lift anyway. Aye. A lift over. I went to see St Johnson against Celtic, but only went because that was a free ticket. Ah, <laughs> oh, they won two one, didn't they? Ah, well, I enjoyed, I enjoyed yeah. it. Aye. Uh, I wasn't there. I was in Florida or something. <laughs> that was a good game. Hi, I'm Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'll move on to the SFL then. There was the the playoffs, and I decided I'd go along to Recreation Park to see Aloha against Dunfermline the first leg. It was on BBC Alba, but I thought I'll go along anyway. And as I was trying to queue to get in, 
there's a guy, there's a group of guys to my right hand side, and there's one guy who had some papers in his hand. I wasn't really sure what he was up to. I don't really want to comment on what type of guy he was based on first impressions. But anyway, <laughs> his pal said to him, "You're embarrassing yourself. You'll not get in cheaper if you say you're on the brew." <laughs> I'm chancing it. And there's a wee argument. Put it away, no. Put it away. I'm chancing it. I don't know if he got his discount, but he was gonna. He was gonna try. <laughs> I really, I, I watched it the TV and I really enjoyed it. It was the same, um, the same night as the the Chelsea game. And all these, yeah. all these dicks at the work saying, "Oh, you're watching the big game tonight." And I said, "Oh, aye, it's on Alba, but quarter past seven. Like, what? I said, "No, I know Dallas had done for the game, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought it's, it's good to see those." those teams getting some exposure on the TV because yeah. you, you look at that artificial pitch they've got there and it looked fantastic yeah, and did. then you go and look at Ross County and St Johnston and these Premier League clubs and they're playing the surfaces that are nowhere near as good you get a decent crowd in there as well it looked like quite a good atmosphere as well for, for what I could tell on the telly and uh, yeah I think it's I think it's uh, it's refreshing that you get a chance to go and watch that because I'd much rather watch that game on the telly than watch Chelsea and Benfica and the interest in that whatsoever it was enjoyable there was there's a couple of flares. Did you see that in the TV? I saw that. I saw the guy up with the bucket of sand <laughs> covering cover the smoke bomb. <laughs> As Alwa, you better clarify, is that the, the fashion statement the trousers or are we talking <laughs> actual pyrotechnics? The flares are coming back, Chris. You heard the here first. I'm going to dig mine out. See this Stone Roses cup gig in a few weeks. I'm going to be knocking flares out left, right and centre. <laughs> Craig, I've got Craig down for a pair already. I am. I'm going along. <laughs> <laughs> I, the game was good. I quite enjoyed it. There was a couple of players there like that really stood out. I don't know what it looked like on the TV, Greg, but the guy up front, I think his name's Collie. He was really good. I love him. I did well, and uh, the boy, uh, what's his name? Callum Elliott was. Uh, I saw he was playing as well. I guy yeah. had a protection on his wrist. I ex ex hearts ex vulnerable. It looked like a decent. I mean, people going about the quality in the lower leagues. I, I, I thought it looked like a, a decent game. And okay, no fair enough. Got a, a lot of young guys, uh, young boys playing for him just now. But I, I, I thought it was really quite an enjoyable game of football to watch. And can't argue with the result either. All of our, all of our probably the uh, the better side in the night. So yeah, it was good. What about the guy when he got banjoed and he ended up on the ground, no moving? Did that, oh, aye, aye, aye. That looked, looked bad. The TV, that that was... looked bad. That looked like he was out cold when he hit the ground. He but didn't move. Aye. aye. It looked as though he'd, um, he'd knocked himself out, but I'm not sure whether he was just that or not. I was winding was... up the guy in front of me because he was shouting, Get up! <laughs> and thinking, Wait a minute, this could be quite good. <laughs> what end were you on? I was about the six yard line, um, if you're looking at it from the camera to the right hand side. Oh, in the other end? Aye, yeah. Good. Much was it to get on? It was £13. £30 mm. alright, but I didn't get a pie and I didn't get a bovril, which is a bit disappointing because the queue, it just didn't die down. It's about 10 minutes before half time, the queue was massive, and then probably about 30 minutes after half time, it was still massive. Yeah. But then it's I nothing, gave in. It's nothing worse than these clubs are missing out and missing a trick by no stocking enough food. That was the same at, at Perth yesterday. I had to, I had to go for a, a vegetarian pie. The time uh. I got to the front, I stood in the queue, I, I literally stood in that queue, must have been 20 minutes. Got to the front. All they had left was two vegetarian pies, a Kit Kat, and four Empire biscuits. So there wasn't really a really great deal to choose from. So a vegetarian pie, but I I I I, I kind of recommend it. It's bogging. So <laughs> Come, what do you mean by vegetarian? 
Cause I don't know what was in it. There was potato in it. I can identify potato in it, and I, I guess a, an assortment of mushed vegetables. Because normally oh, so it's, it's an actual vegetable pie. It's a, it's to a fake it's a, meat. It's a proper vegetable pie, full of uh, full of vegetables, really, and a sort of a, 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 a pie shell with a crust topping. But it was absolutely honking. Well, this was quite nice. I want to try the <laughs> steak and chorizo. That's what I want to try, but I've not been back. They had a big sign up saying they had um, steak and peppercorn pies. Oh, of what? I probably had about ten of them because the time I got to the front of the queue, they were long gone. Aye, a, a nice peppery pie. So it was quite good that time. Mm-hmm. Aye, another floats your boat. <laughs> Aye, so then that was all against Dunfermline the first leg, and then the second leg was on BBC album on Sunday, and Dunfermline were winning one nil. And then for some stupid reason, husband got sent off for a, a silly challenge. It was on the halfway line, the ball was bouncing, and he was late. I don't think he was malicious, but his studs connected with the guy's knee slash thigh, and he got sent off. So his over-enthusiasm probably cost them Fernland. They were probably out, but it cost them the chance of really pushing it to the last minute, because at 1-0 with 10 minutes to go, you've got a good chance of snatching a goal and making an exciting end to it, but Silly, getting himself sent off. It's good never day. Really looked, never really looked like it was going to be Dunfermline's day. I only caught the second half of it, but uh, I listened to the first half on the way back from Tannadice, so it all sounded like all over going to be the, the team that scored, if anybody. But the game went on, I maybe started sitting back a bit more, and Dunfermline got one back, but I nah, wait to see when the man gets sent off. It was, it was pretty much killing it all together. Uh, it's, it's good back-to-back promotions for all of them, though, because watching the Alba coverage, did an interview with, I, I, I'm guessing it was the chairman, um, at half-time. Mulroney, was it? It could have been. Yeah, a, he loves a, himself. A reasonably young-looking guy. Aye, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but he was going on about how they're, uh, sort of the whole thing they're trying to do at Alba is about just involving the community and the football team as just a small part of what they're doing, and they're... They're running all these taekwondo classes and athletics, mm-hmm. and they're using the whole facility as a as a community thing. And they're sort of saying, hopefully, as a result of that, we get people coming out to watch a football. But it's about more than just trying to get people there on a Saturday. I was really impressed with the the way they were talking. And again, it's it, clubs have shown this in the past. Clubs like Ross County have shown that if you've got the right the right business model and the right um, the right people running the place, you can I mean you can get yourself up through those leagues. And there's nothing to stop teams hitting that SPL SPL league eventually. So, uh, good luck, Tala. There's a lot of cynicism in Aloha around Mulroney. Right. And uh, as you say, the, the brand, the Wasps. Right. Well, it started off really when they changed uh, the badge and included a Hornet in it, mm. which which has really got a lot of their backs up. And then... There's a bee, isn't it? That's not a Wasp. I thought it was more a Hornet-looking thing. It was a bit longer. <laughs> But yes, is that what I'm just wondering if that was maybe they were angry about. So, oh no, don't worry, that's, that's not a wasp, that's a bee. <laughs> well, either they're angry about the badge, but uh, Mulroney's really using the brand to really push himself. He's, he's Allah's answer to Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> the brand's everywhere, and he, I don't know the guy. He could be a, a nice guy, and he could be doing it for the community, but I know that there's there's some people that think he's, it's all about him, and it's just a way of making him money. But... Could be a cynical oh. look on things, Greg. Yeah, I like your yeah. positive outlook there. Ah, I, I mean, it's, it's one of these. It, it comes back to, I suppose it comes back to what all of our fans want for their football club. If they want a, a side which have the original badge and are always playing in the uh, 
in the second division, then I'm sure, I'm sure this guy will walk away with whatever investment he's putting in and, and do it somewhere else. And it's, it's a difficult decision because we've seen it a season down in England as well with Cardiff, with the changing of the strip and the changing of the colours and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And as I know, that's created huge resentment down there. So sometimes as football fans, you need to try and you need to try and get your head around what you would rather have. If you want to maintain that integrity and if things like they always were, then yeah, you can probably do that, but you're maybe not going to progress very much further. Or do you take the do you take the investment and do you take the, the resources and offer and, and maybe give away a wee bit of your identity to to try and forward your club a wee bit um a wee bit higher up the tables? So it's, it's it's a really difficult um that's a really difficult decision. I think a lot of clubs are doing it as well, you know, they, they appreciate supporters are there, but first and foremost they're, they're trying to pay the bills and they're trying to ring a couple of quid out of you as well. So um I'd 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 just be surprised if he was able to make a lot of money though. That's the idea that he would be in there trying to make money for himself out of a club like Alawa seems seems like a bit of a stretch unless you think you're talking so. about selling parks and what have you there. Because other than other than land, I guess I don't suppose Alloa as a club turn over that amount of money in terms of gate receipts. And I mean, football clubs out with the top, you know, that top percentage in Europe don't make money. They just don't make money. Nobody makes money at football anymore. Yeah, one good thing that he did was install the three G pitch. Just yeah. touched upon earlier how good it was looking and uh, it looked even better close up. But they That's hire good. it out, hundred and twenty pound for an hour, and mm-hmm. they, they throw in the floodlights for free as well. So right. that's quite reasonable to play in a, a park like that. No, if, if any sides were watching that and having this age-old debate, we've got about you know whether it's grass pitches or 3D pitches. You just need to look at that one the other night, and it was it was absolutely fantastic. The ball's running along the ground, true as you like. It's no bobbling and hopping and getting a knock back to the goalkeeper. A keeper can run out and swing a boot at it without bobbling up in front of him. So it's it's if ever there was an advert for seriously considering artificial pitches in this country I thought it was it was that game the other night really good yep. Aye, so I was thinking about Dunfermline and obviously they've been relegated into Division 2 and on the face of it it's not what the, the club want not what they, they need right now with their financial difficulties but then no but they, they might have big games coming up against uh, their rivals East Fife <laughs> we should mention also won their playoff 1-0 against Peterhead well which, I, I wasn't yes. really sure whether to mention that Chris because they won it and but what did they win? They stay yeah, where they are. Well, they want, that's the thing. It's not a promotion playoff in their case. It's survival. That's it. Which I, I think that kind of devalues the playoffs a wee bit. But yeah. that's the way it's set up. You can't really argue that they haven't earned their place because they were given the chance and they've taken it. So Yeah, but it's, it's a weird one, yeah. They've just stayed where they are. But, but aye, they were, they were delighted because they now get to play the rivals of Fairmont and I'm assuming you're going to mention the, the other big club that will be in Division 2 next season that's what I was going to mention I was going to mention Rangers moving up into Division 2 and the Fairmont are one of the, the clubs that can properly benefit from Rangers because the Stadium East End Park can hold about 11,000 11, and think of the money that they can generate from the two home games against Rangers I'm not sure whether it'll yeah. balance itself out compared to what they would have got in the first division, but it's not going to be as sore, sore as it could have been. In, in some sort of perverse way, getting relegated might just, in those subsequent games, might just be better than them actually having stayed in that first division because I don't know what sort of crowds would, would come to the Fairland, but I don't think there would be huge ones. Whereas if they can get those those two home games against Rangers, the, the perverse thing is that probably pays for a 
a large chunk of their season. It depends how they play it. When Stirling Albion had Rangers coming to town, they didn't change the ticket prices. And then the flip side, Queen's Park pushed it up to £20. So it really depends. But then also, there's effectively only going to be one promotion spot. I don't like to talk ahead of myself, but I think Rangers are going to go into the league as favourites. So the best Unfernland could hope for is playoffs or wait until the following season. Maybe that's where it'll become an issue. That they spend too long in that division that they end up getting stuck. Yeah, I mean, the Fermel's problems are, I mean, they're, they're purely financial. It goes right back to the core. Like a lot of clubs that have been here in the past, it's just the, the, the fact of the matter is they need to downsize dramatically in terms of what they have at the moment. And that's across the board. It's playing staff, it's people that work there, it's outgoings and stadiums, it's everything. It's maybe cutting the back to only opening one stand for the majority of games until you get yourself back in some sort of financial, financial footing. But, I mean, in terms of competing, Football-wise, I'd, I'd, I'd be amazed if the Fairland were um, seriously challenged at the top of that, that second division, I really would. Aye, Jim Jeffries wasn't happy with the way that they'd got their, their points deduction and then got drawn into the, the playoffs, but well, maybe that's a, bit, a, a long conversation to discuss that the, and the comparisons with Rangers is a bit lengthy for just now. I think the other concern, though, is I was, I was listening to Jim Weishman on the radio on the way back before the game, the playoff, the second leg, and um, he was making out that they had enough money to get him through to July, mm-hmm. which is great. Okay, you got to get July, but there isn't any football until August. Yep. So, all right. Uh, we're already talking about Dunfermline playing Division 2 next season, but is there going to be a Dunfermline? Yeah. I think got, there's going to be a lot of work for them through the summer. Yeah, Hopefully, the, they, they get a, some kind of solution and they do take their place in Division 2 next season. But it's definitely hope, a concern. Didn't you hope they sell season tickets in the summer? Because other than that, there's zero income. Yep. Yep, and the, the price of season tickets is going to have dropped dramatically because of the drop down. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Because I think, I think if you're buying a season ticket for Dunfermline next season, you're, you're buying it to help the club out. I don't think you're, I don't think you're looking at the, the value for money aspect of that. I think it's going to have to be people dipping their hand in their pocket to maybe keep the club going. And I think if it's laid on the line like that, then... I'm sure the majority of people buying season tickets would continue to do so at the at the price they're at at the moment because. Do you think they could take the risk of setting it at that? I, I think they've got to because I mean other otherwise they're just I mean I don't know how many season tickets the holders they have at the moment I wouldn't think they'd be a great deal but to to put to half your half your income you've got then um, I don't think that's viable and when clubs go down the the stank like this they need to turn to the supporters. And they need to ask them to bail them out because nobody else is going to do it. The only money that's going to come in the summer is, is going to be from supporters. And I know they've put their hand in their pocket already, but I mean, there should be enough hardcore, die-hard Dunfermline supporters out there that they can, they can, they can, they can stomach keeping the, the season ticket the same as last season just to help the team out. Because I mean, if you're talking about, I don't know, what a seventy pound difference, whether you're maybe paid. Two hundred pounds last year, and it's going to drop to one seventy. I'm sure you would keep the same value up, an extra seventy quid just to see your club survive. I know I would. They're talking about between two hundred and thirty and two hundred and sixty for an adult ticket, but you can get it a little bit cheaper if you get it before the near the end of Aye. June. Aye. And I mean, last it's... season they had one thousand seven hundred season ticket holders. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think they have to come out and be honest about it and say, like, this isn't. We know we're not dropping the value, but. At the moment, we just can't afford to do it. Yeah. Hi, interesting. 
So I we mentioned East Fife winning, but standing still. <laughs> but I, I didn't watch it. That wasn't covered at all on TV. No, I don't think I don't think it was anywhere. I don't even know it was on the radio. It was kind of, we're getting occasional updates from Jim Spence. Ah, Jim Spence was there, wasn't he? <laughs> we had the picture. Aye. So move on to the charity bet then. And last week, Greg, it was just me and Chris. I heard it, don't worry. Stuck our neck Chris, out. I heard Chris tipping Motherwell. As soon as Aye. I heard that, I said, <laughs> kidding me. That was the easy one as well. Motherwell was the easy Sweet. one. I stuck my neck out and went for Dundee. Something like 4 to 1. It was worth a go. There was just nothing in those bets at all that were going to jump out at us. No, there was no value last weekend of the season. No value. Of course, the one game you do want to avoid is the one team that's got something to play for, of course. But... Uh, so, thought about that. Right, so we've got one game. What we're we going to do here, because normally we, we have a bet each, and I can't see us getting three bets out of this one game, the cup final. So, Greg, before we started, you mentioned perhaps doing a wee treble yeah, on I mean, the, the finals. I mean, I mean, he's got some money on a, on a treble of... Well, he's gone for Hibs, Dortmund and Crystal Palace, I think, in the Monday. The um, underdog bet. The underdog bet, and that's that's coming back at, I think it was about 200 to 1 or something, maybe 100 to 1, 100 to 1, sorry. So you could do a treble, not necessarily those sides, and you would still get, a, even if you went for the favourites, I think you'd probably still get a reasonable bet out of that. Right, well, I don't think we want to do Celtic because I don't think there's a lot of value there. The only, the only way I could understand is getting any value at that at all would be a one-pin first goal scorer, Chris Collins. Because Chris Collins has been scoring the first goal for Celtic quite a lot recently. But, I mean, that's about as the best I could come up with. I mean, you could equally say Hibs to win and Lee Griffiths to be first goal scorer. Right. Or you could you could say Celtic to win, Collins and Griffiths any time, goal scorers. Right. So if there's goals in that game, those two will generally be there or there. But... I think if we went for Greg's initial... Suggestion. Ten pounds in the treble. I think that <laughs> McBookie is going to start yeah, peeing himself. I tell you, see if you don't put that on now. You've, you've, you've got to put it on now. You can't not put it on. I've just, I've just called right. the bet. If that comes up, you've just done the charity out of a grand. <laughs> before we were, before the podcast, Greg mentioned something like, ah, that'll be about a hundred pound or something. And I, I was like, nah, about a hundred pound. Oh, a grand. Grand, it's hundred to one. Right, we'll go for that then. Yeah, right, I tell you no, 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 no. Don't be daft. Don't be daft. Here's the deal, right? Are you not going for S- it? No. Split the bet, right? Have nine quid, have nine quid on something sensible, and stick a, a single one pound on that treble. Right. I'm, I'm sure McBookie would see us all right for that. Just a quid on it. Right. Well, aye, that's that's sensible. Because that's still a hundred pounds. I'll be putting a pound on myself. I'm having, I'm having a couple of pounds on it. If I've called that and I've not got any money on it, I'll be sick. Right. Right, so what we do with another £9 then? We're going for the, the Celtic to win and Griffiths and Commons to score anything. That sounded pretty sensible to me. I, fa- I fancy there might be some goals in it at the weekend. I fancy there might be, it might be a um, a goal fest. So aye, why not? Or I yeah. do more than X number of goals because, let's face it, Celtic could get cuff hibs in the middle of next week. Or it could be out in a two each, a three two, who knows? So who was it you were picking from Celtic? Commons. Commons, right? Okay, I'm just trying to work it out, work out the odds here. 
Oh no, it's not letting me do the treble. Yeah, yeah, you might not get to any time goal scorers. Aye, so what we're gonna do? <sighs> which, which, which the odds for Celtic and Commons? Just a double. It's no, that's not coming up either. Maybe you can combine it like that. Yeah. Does this any time a first goal scorer? I went for any time. What happens if you try first goal scorer? You should buy it with first goal scorer. They, they like that combo usual. I see the the one cast isn't available as an option right now. Uh-huh. But I'm sure it'll get added. It's McBookie are great. Aye, uh, they sometimes for the for the first goal scorers, any time goal scorers, you maybe need to wait to nearer the nearer the kickoff to get odds and that. Right. Well, what I can do, McBookie are good, and if I ask for odds on something, they gave me they gave me a hundred to one to become the next Scotland manager. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll ask for Celtic, Griffith, and Commons treble. Yeah, yeah. Ask you can only ask. If not, just go Celtic and Commons because even that would probably be a reasonable bet. Yeah, well, we're struggling to cope with anything else. So. Yes. Right. Well, I'll ask them and see what they say. Now. I spoke with McBookie earlier today and I was asking how much we had won over the season. And they say the total sits at £300 plus I had £30, I think, sitting prior to the McBookie. So £330 we've won for charity. So I think we should give ourselves a pat in the back. That's good, that's good. Good. Despite you two fuds the last three weeks being hopeless, that's good. So uh, I... That's good. We're going to discuss on the forum exactly who we're going to give the money to, and then we'll mention it in the podcast next week once we've decided. Here's a nice wee segue. Did anybody from the the Predictor League put any of the money into this as well? They did. They did. But then the bets didn't win. Johnny Robb put a bet on for the they, charity. I, Scott I thought Forsyth somebody did aye, as I, well. I remember a few people putting it on the bet, but I'm sure there was at least one person stuck it straight in because he didn't trust the bit. Which is probably a good move. <laughs> I'll need to look back my records to find out. There's a couple of mentions on the, the forum, forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk. There's Charlie Boys talking about Air Ambulance. Uh, Come on, Northern Iron mentions Marie Curie Cancer Care. So, some food for thought. I think was it, it was to York Hill. York Hill last Because my mate's son was, was quite ill. And with leukaemia, and they had a few pretty close encounters. It wasn't really the leukaemia that nearly got him at one point. It was an uh, infection in his heart. But he's actually doing really well now. He's, that's him uh, a year on from his, his lowest point. And he's, he's got the tubes out, for example. He's he's out of hospital and he's, well, he's acting, behaving like a, a, a normal, healthy young boy. So he's not out of the woods yet. He's still got some treatment to go, but... That's a positive story to come out of that. And hopefully the money went to help York Hill and, and help other parents and children that are having difficult times. Yeah, a mate of mine's wee boy got diagnosed in uh, January, same thing. And they were uh, they were in York Hill and they got to stay in there and all that sort of stuff. So the, so the money that went last year contributed to that as well because uh, they do unbelievable work in there and, and just make it easier for parents to be around well, their kids are sick. It's bad enough you've got a kid in there, but if you don't have to be trailing up and down constantly, it makes a huge difference. And then the, the room next door to a friend of mine, there's a woman that was there on her own from Orkney. So, I mean, if, if she wasn't able to stay in the uh, the flats at the hospital, she would be absolutely snickered. So, it's yeah. a very good cause. Aye, it is. It is. Right, now, I had a word with McBookie about next season as well. 
and uh, the signs are positive about them continuing on the, the £10 a week. We've not finalised, we've not crossed the T's and dotted the I's yet, but I'd, I'd stick my well, neck out and say it's see, positive. I, 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 don't, I don't want to create a, a charity bet bidding war here, but the rumour has it that the SPL is just about to get an online bookmaker as its sponsor. Now, I wouldn't want to say we would maybe be floating this idea with the online bookmakers <laughs> to see if we could maybe get a tie-in with the Scottish... I wouldn't want to be saying that because McBookie have been great, but, you know, if they wanted to secure if they wanted to secure our uh, promotion next season, yeah, we boosting the charity bet might be quite nice. Maybe, maybe, maybe £20 a week. Maybe £20 <laughs> might, might secure it next... I don't know, yeah, I wouldn't want to say that. Well, let's face it, the amount of times we get it wrong, money be Correct. Spent, he's a hundred quid. Correct. <laughs> yeah. But no, I was joking aside, it's a, it's a great gesture. Uh, I, that money up, so I hope we do it next year. I'm chuffed with Mick Bookie doing that. You, you, do you want to know how good that is? I haven't put a bet on my paddy power in months because I tend to do it through Mick Bookie. Mm-hmm. Not that I've put a many bet on Mick Bookie recently either, but <laughs> I've had more recent bets with Mick Bookie than I have with paddy power. That's, I, I, I appreciate the gesture. Yeah, I, the, the I give him a custom for it. Good guys. My only problem is that I messaged them on Twitter and I'm never sure if it's the same person or not. Because <laughs> anybody could be doing it. Anybody could be doing it. There could be staff of 100 men in the, the Twitter account. <laughs> so I never know who I'm speaking to. So I've, so I've got a relationship with Mick Bookie, the Bookie, but not an individual person. <laughs> but aye, thank you Mick, to Mick Bookie for that, for this season. We'll see, see how we get on with this crazy bet that we've got. Aye. Right. I, I, I did do a segue, but we kind of went back to speaking about Mickey again. The predictor, how did it go this season? The predictor? Yes. Funny you should mention that, Chris, because it's all done and dusted, the SPL's finished, so the winner of the £50 top prize in the predictor, well, actually it's shared between Brian Murray and KGP Hoops, got 142 points in total each, so they get £25 cash each. Now, if we want to compare that to me, I had 81 points. I'm down in 62nd place, and I'm rubbish. Uh, Greg, uh, he's, a, he's probably way down a millionth. Yeah, oh, probably last or thereabouts. There's one name in that top 10. <laughs> one name from the podcast is in the top Hi. 10. Chris, 131 points, 11 points off the top, uh. joint ninth. Not bad. See, if you incredible given your performance in the charity bet, you sure it's the same guy. I know, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it? What makes it even funnier? I, I, I used exactly the same figures uh, and scorelines in the predictor on this as I did in another game entirely, and I won that one. <laughs> See, I would have had to give you money, Chris, if you'd won this one. I'd have stuck it straight in the charity bet. Uh, fact, no, I just stuck it straight to the charity rather than the bet. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure the two guys that have won will just be telling you to stick that in with the, uh, with the money for the charity. I'm sure they'll not be taking money out of the sick kids' mouths. <laughs> no pressure. Well, well, pressure, uh, lads. I've just, I've just read one message for one of them and I wouldn't like to comment. <laughs> <laughs> it's already spent, isn't it? <laughs> Aye. And also because we have the monthly prize, which I almost forgot about earlier on this evening, the winner of that, the winner of twenty pound, goes to Andy Cush seventy eight. He got sixteen points in May. I, I only got three, right? But I forgot. The codes. I get eight, and I didn't forget, so I've got to reduce. <laughs> and then there's also a prize for the highest placed regular poster who has made over a hundred posts, and that's El Chape. He got fifteen points, so he gets a tenner. He was talking about 
spending it on a book earlier on. So he's not putting it to charity either, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> there was some debate as to whether there was a, a full uh, season prize or was it exactly the same rules on the forum, I'm sure. Because we're talking about... Because uh, of, of, of the regular names that post over 100 times in the forum, the footy gaffer got 136 points. Yes, I. JHR was three behind them on 133, and I think it was me on 131. Yes, I don't think I said that, but if you can find where I said it, I'll give up the money. <laughs> As Craig goes straight to the database and starts deleting threads, left, right, and centre. <laughs> one thing about the predictor there was uh, five runners up were going to win a free personalised football mug courtesy of Ivan Magic. <laughs> now, he gave me a free mug, a Scottish Football Forums mug earlier in the season, and I was chuffed. I said, all right, I, I'll buy a few off you. Now, he gave me a special price, I don't like to say, because it was a wee bit less than he was charging other people for a single cup, but he's done a runner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, the price he was giving me was pretty good, but now I'm going to have to go and buy five personalised football mugs from other sites, and I'm sure I've seen them at a tenner each. I'm going to have to tell the kids the, the summer holiday's cancelled. <laughs> Aye, so I'm, I'm going to chase that up, because there's going to be people wondering where their mugs are. Where their mugs are, yep, there's my mug. Aye, but thanks for playing the, the predictor if you did, and also it'll be back next year, because I've got quite into putting the, the matches in and the scores in. So manual, but it used to be a bit of a bind, but not anymore. I'm enjoying it now. It's good fun. The game, the game itself is good fun, because you can see how just bad you are at predicting what's going to happen in a week. That's it. Aye. And well, we do the, the predictions every week, and we're rubbish. Mm-hmm. I write it down in my wee black book. I've got every single prediction that we've done in the <laughs> podcast. What's that? Some like 90, 90 odd episodes and I've got every prediction here. Right, my wee black book. Right, moving on to the Scottish Cup then. Me and Greg have kind of switched off because football's over, apart from the Champions League final, maybe the English playoff, but there's also the Scottish Cup final. A day out in the sun, perhaps too hot for players like Chris Boyd, but hopefully scorching for somebody like you, Chris. Hopefully you've got your sunglasses ready. I'm sure I will. That'd be nice. I've been the last Scottish Cup final was it, I was chucking it down, but... Aye, this, to me, the, the tradition is it's nice and sunny on Cup Final Day. I think it goes back to the, the Celtic Aberdeen 1990 Cup Final when I sat in the garden with a portable telly with my dad. But even, I mean, it was all, all the pictures you get for like the, the centenary season and the season after that when we beat Rangers 1-0 and then even the Celtic Aberdeen game itself, all, the, all I remember on the telly is bright sunshine at Hamden. And then even some of the games I've been to myself in Hamden, it's sunny, apart from... <laughs> two years ago <laughs> when it was absolutely chucking it down and my best memories are coming back and seeing the, the slow motion replay of Charlie Mulgrew's free kick hitting the back of the net and it firing on the water drops off it it's super slow-mo HD <laughs> very artistic ah, it's going to be an interesting one I like when the, the final sets itself up like this when you've got a, a favourite and a, a bit of an underdog and especially with Hibs history in the Scottish Cup I think I think it's going to be good. I, I think the Hibs are going to punch above their weight. I think Griffiths, this could be his farewell. Uh, yeah, that worries me. <laughs> yeah, the the kind of quality he's got there, he could he could easily score. Well, I hope he does for the charity bet. Well, I mean, I I, I said it last year when it was um, Hearts and Hibs that what what one of these things always seems to be the story. You have to beat your rivals to get there, and I think I I mentioned the uh, the Red Sox broken on ninety year. Uh, 
who do in the World Series in baseball by beating the Yankees, their big rivals. But they did that before the final games. They did it in the American League Championship Series as opposed to the World Series. It's just like the semi-final. And obviously, somewhere along the line, this season, Hibs beat Hearts in the, I think, was it the fourth round? Was it the fourth round? Did the SPL teams come in that easiness? I can't remember. I'm not really an SPL team anymore, Chris. Uh, well, I suppose I used with the teams. First round or something. <laughs> but I mean, did, like, Hibs did beat Hearts to get there, and there's been that wee thing about the results they've been getting as they've gone through the rounds where it just seems to be their day every time it comes around. And they're in the final on merit. They have beaten Celtic this season. It was 1-0 at Easter Road. It was uh, the last game of uh, 2012. They beat us 1-0 with Griffiths getting the goal for one off. So that's probably why I'm concerned about that. But uh, You would think if Celtic play to the best of their ability, they should come away with the cup. But how many times have we seen Celtic not play to the best of their ability, especially at Hamden? Yeah. And like you said, it's, it could be Lee Griffiths' last game for Hibs. Uh, they'll be looking to put 12 months ago behind them. And put up a bit, much better performance. They know against Falkirk, they were 3-0 down at one point and still went through. So they know they're quite capable of scoring the goals at Hamden when they need to. I think it should be a really good day out for uh, both sets of fans, but I'm just hoping it's, uh, it's the Glasgow Greens, not the Edinburgh Greens that are celebrating at the end of the day. Both both clubs have really come into this really well because I expected both to take their foot off the gas. And I, well, I predicted a draw for Celtic at the weekend. I predicted a loss for Hibs, but they've not. They've both kicked on. Celtic winning 4-0, Hibs winning 1-0, and Hibs won during the week as well. And th- that's what you want. You want to go in with that bit of form, that bit of confidence. And I don't know. Celtic's the team that's going to change the most, I think. But the, the quality they've got, I, I don't but, know. It's difficult to call. I think that the sensible money's on Celtic, isn't it? But it's a cup final, and I think... I'll probably be putting a bet on Hibs because I, I like to see the underdog do well. Some people will maybe say that's because it's against Celtic, but I, yeah, I just like the underdog to do well and also I like good odds. To be honest, if it was any other day, I would be wanting Hibs to win the cup, but obviously I don't want to win the cup against my team. Yeah, it would be a great story. A great, one of these great footballing stories if they did it because after the, the, the history they've got and what happened last year, um, I, think, uh, I think certainly a lot of neutrals would... Um, we'd quite like to see Hibs winning. But Chris is spot on. If Celtic turn up, the Celtic side that um, play as well as they can uh, show up, then they're going to be far too strong for Hibs. So I think it comes down to that. Yep. Aye, the, the bookies know what they're doing when they're setting their odds. So, aye, so that, well, that takes place on a Sunday, which is a bit unusual, but then that's just because the Champions League has to take focus. <laughs> no games allowed. Yeah, total bollocks. Because the Champions League's on at night, wouldn't it alter whether or not I watched the, the Scottish Cup final in the afternoon? It's just total nonsense. Thing. Last year it was actually a really good day because you had the Hearts Hibs final Correct. on the 3 o'clock on the Saturday and then you sat down to watch Chelsea by a minute later on. Yep. It was a great day. But I mean, they've spoiled it this year because they've separated it across the two days. Yeah, I think they wanted to separate it uh, last season. Yeah, they gave you a year's grace or something like that. Yeah. What, what I never understood though was why the the Scottish Cup final should be this weekend and not last weekend because they could easily have had a midweek post SPL game and last weekend would have been free but nah, they, oh, they could have done that yeah. season. I'm glad you said that Chris because I thought for a second you were wanting the Cup and then SPL again no I'm not wanting what the no, English did with no, FA no. Cup no that was ridiculous Wigan should have ended their season on a high with an FA Cup win and it was they had to three days later get relegated well, you look at tactics it tactics the shine off it there was a chance that 
they were resting players for the FA Cup because Caldwell didn't really play a part, but he was on the bench and I was like, I did wonder, were they resting him for the FA Cup? Thinking they'll rest him for their last Premier League game. I wasn't really sure what his thinking was, but aye, it's, got to be, it's the last game of the season. You put that all into that one game. You just wanted me to do a John Terry. He <laughs> <laughs> won his full kit. I was watching uh, Barcelona last night and they get their trophy at the end of the game and Puyol didn't play. But then they gave him the trophy after the game and Puyol came out to collect it and immediately handed it to Abidal and Villanova and just disappeared again. All oh, right, right. I thought that was quite classy because obviously Abidal was the one that had the liver transplant after the cancer and Villanova had his problems with cancer later, uh, earlier in the season as well. So he basically left the two guys that were glad to be there at all. Yeah. And, then he made, and then he made a speech that referenced the fact that that was obviously the best thing of the day was the fact that they two were there to enjoy the celebrations along the rest of them. But I thought that was a bit classier. I mean, Puyol was there and his full kit like everybody else, but oh, no, I'll, I'll get out of the way here. This is your trophy, guys. <laughs> but do you think John Terry was doing it to be ironic? Because um, he must know no, that think, everyone was laughing at him after I think the John Terry, year. I reckon John Terry is just that big a knob. Yeah, I think he's got an iron, ironic bone in his body. Like he's just a buffoon. <laughs> because we all joked about it. We all seen the photoshopped images of him appearing uh, all here, there, and Royal everywhere. Wedding. And, and Royal Wedding. Royal uh, everywhere, yeah. He must have seen that. And then he must have thought, right, well, I tell you what, I've got the best one. The best one of them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it again Aye. myself. <laughs> i seen uh, Scott, the, the football net. Does he still have the football net? He's changed his name. He's moving to... Uh, FTF or something? FTF. I wondered if it was F there, but he, he denied it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I, I, I seen that and I thought, he, he just walked to France. Surely that second F isn't the French. <laughs> <laughs> but I seen, him, I seen him tweeting about it yesterday and he was saying, oh, surely that means he now owns that joke. It just that's brilliant. Yeah, that's brilliant. By that'll be good Saturday night. Champions League final and then the, the Sunday for the Scottish Cup and then that'll be us that'll be international game which means nothing for us aye because we're out <laughs> who are we playing I don't know I think we're away to Croatia or something aye it's Croatia it's Croatia when's the when's the game with England Wembley. August I think it's dear it's dear it's something like what? one and a half grand if you want to take a banner what mm, aye, aye. Wembley Wembley charge for banners Aye. For stewards and for is it fire safety or something? Yep. Total nonsense. They tried to charge Bradford. I think it was. They had some banner commemorating the <laughs> the dead from the, the the Bradford City Fire. They were trying to charge them fifteen hundred quid oh, for their shit. banner displayed. Aye. You can imagine how that went down. It was quickly uh, quickly rescinded because there was a big. I know the the Dortmund fans are really unhappy as well because they they normally. They go the whole hog with these displays that they have at the at the Westfalen, and they were trying to do something similar at Wembley, but it's just it's, it's, it's turned out there's just no way they can they can do it for the. Uh, I mean, they've been quoted fire safety regulations or something, but they've been told they're not allowed to do their usual displays and stuff, which is a real shame because that's a always forms a huge part of the of the uh, the Dortmund pre-match. Yeah, well, I would much rather see those big. I thought that for the semi-final, that was freaky. Yeah. But no, I was just like, I think they'd much rather see those big empty seats that you always have at Wembley for the the corporate area. That's right, aye. Camera. That's embarrassing. Yep. That they best seats in the house and they're empty. Aye, got a buzzer telling them the the half's about to start, but the players have been told to get out and they still munch away. Oh, 
So I'll have some more of my pepper steak pie. <laughs> Aye, so the, the banner... 1,250 plus VAT and the cost of a parking space. Why would you need to buy a parking space for a banner? Anyway, they're saying that they need to take on eight extra staff to keep an eye on banners, pass over the heads of the crowd. And the banners also have to have a certificate proving that it is flame retardant. That's right. That's just nonsense. Also, tickets could cost up to £67 according to the daily record. That's just... What, for a Scotland England friendly? For a friendly. Jeez. Aye. You know what, I, see when they were offering that, with, with, if you signed up to your Scotland season ticket for the Aye. five games of the qualifying, they were guaranteeing you a ticket for Wembley. I never bothered and I was kind of disappointed I didn't because I was away for like, the first two games, so I've, I've, I've got the other three games. Mm-hmm. But uh, hearing that, I'm just... Even if I thought I could get a ticket for it now, I wouldn't bother. Go for 67 quid. Aye, you're right. Ah, it's a lot. Have, have they priced it at 67 quid because that's when we were unofficial world champions, didn't they? <laughs> some wags obviously got that slipped that in under the yeah. Uh, I watched that uh, game this at some point this season. I really enjoyed it. It's worth a watch if somebody's that's... not seen it before. It's it's good. That's a good game. I I quite I quite impressed with Charlton how he played on with that injury that he just could hardly move, and yet they weren't allowed to sub him. He spent about 10 minutes getting treatment. And came back on and hobbled. Even when he scored a goal, he jumped in there and then immediately hobbled. Sometimes you see footballers that pretend they're hurt and they score a goal and they forget, or they get they get past the ball and they forget all about the pain. But nah, he was properly done in. Still played on. I think that's as good to end. Then uh, we're talking about Champions League of Scotland and all sorts. Now I think we ran out of Scottish football just a bit. I think that's us. I was talking about a trip to Wembley. Right, one more one more podcast to go this season. And before I go, I wanted to mention the podcast URL. Remember that it's podcast.scottishfootballforums.co.uk slash feed slash podcast. Because I'm going to turn off the old podcast. It's cost me $10 a month for that old feed. I'm not even going to mention the name because then somebody might save it. $10 a month. Switch over to the SFF on iTunes. The SFF slow server. Just go and make a cup of tea when you're downloading it, man. Let's see your cheek. I downloaded it in 20 seconds, Greg. It took me about 20 minutes. 20 seconds. Chronic. Let's see your cheek. But but thanks for coming on. And thanks for listening. Right, cheers. I'll speak to you next week. Yep. The final podcast. Cheers. Bye.